the teaching I have tonight, I'm simply going to call Responsibility, the Road to Freedom. Responsibility, the Road to Freedom. And I, I do want to say, let me say about that, you know, we know that Jesus Christ is the road to freedom. You know, uh, he's the one who says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the road to freedom. But what I want us to understand tonight is that uh, embracing a life of responsibility, because that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Embracing a life of responsibility is such an important part of being on that road to freedom, and that's what I want to talk about tonight. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to Genesis chapter 1. In my teaching, there will be scriptures on the screen, but I do have some things in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 I want to look at. Genesis chapter 1. Lord, I do ask you that you would just help me, Lord, with the thought that's in my mind, the word that's in my heart. Lord, I, I lean upon you tonight, and I just pray that you would help me, and, and thank you for this word, God. Let it, let it register in our hearts, Lord, and we just give you glory for what you're doing in our life. God, when we get to heaven, our only testimony is going to be the grace of God. Paul defined it best, I am what I am by the grace of God. Thank you for your marvelous grace that's working within our life. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, responsibility, the road to freedom. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4, point 1. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4. says, the hand of the diligent shall prosper. You know, every one of us have responsibilities that requires diligence. And in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4, the Lord is giving us a promise. And that promise is simply this, that when we rise up to our God-given responsibilities, and when we rise up to those responsibilities that are handed to us in life, God is going to reward us in due season. There will be fruit. There will be productivity. You know, I know there are times when it seems like, you know, I'm being diligent with my God-given responsibilities and those things that have been handed to me in life. But I really don't see no results. I don't really see no rewards. You know, God encourages us to be encouraged. He says in his word, Galatians 6 verse 9, he says, Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you do not faint. And what the Lord is saying is that when we do take ownership of our responsibilities and uh, those things that life has handed us and, and what God has handed us in life, the Lord is saying in due time there will be a reward. Can anybody say amen? <laughs> amen. <laughs> now, let me just share with you how this teaching was birthed in my heart. You know, I, I'm raising a teenage son who will be 18 in a few months. And I'm really talking to him about what it is to be responsible, responsibility. I'm really talking to him about words like commitment and dependability and accountability, you know, important things that an adult needs to understand. You know, sadly today, our teenagers really have a poor picture of manhood. They really have a poor picture of what it means to be a man. You know, there are so many celebrities and sports uh, celebrities that, that give off the impression 
that manhood, a man is somebody who's strong, somebody who's robust, somebody who can uh, uh, impress the world by accomplishing great feats and exploits. But yet so many of our sports celebrities have abandoned wives and abandoned women to raise their children while they are out enjoying the high life of celebrity status. And I just have to tell you, that is a poor picture of manhood. It's a poor picture of what it means to be a man. I'm teaching my son, a man is someone who knows what their responsibilities are in life. And they are uh, faithful to own those responsibilities and to take charge of those responsibilities. That's what it means to be a man. Listen, all of us have responsibilities that we must own. Whether we are husbands or wives, parents, employers, or employed as men and women, we all have responsibilities that we must own. And yet the sad truth is we're living in a generation where so many people are running from their responsibilities. So many people are abandoning their responsibilities. And there's a lot of reasons why, but let me just give you some of the biggest ones. Number one, I don't want to be tied down by responsibilities. Number two, I'm afraid of responsibility. I don't want the commitment that comes with responsibility. Responsibility robs me of my freedom. Responsibility will keep me from doing the things I want to do in life. You know, that's really a big one. You know, if I own my responsibilities, it's really going to stop me from doing the things that I want to do in life. And the list goes on and on. And therefore, we have a generation where so many people are running from their responsibilities and abandoning their responsibilities. And what's so sad is so many are suffering because of it. You know, the latest statistic is that one in four children under 18 are being raised without a father. And I, I know there's some genuine reasons why. I, I'm not here to cast judgment on anyone. But I also know a big reason why is because there are so many men who don't want the responsibility of raising their children. And it's because of this that there's no father figures in the home. And this is why so many of our teenagers turn, into, turn to criminal behavior. Because there are so many that are not rising up and taking a hold of the responsibility. And again, we have a generation where many people are abandoning their responsibilities. And sadly, there are so many suffering because of it. So what I want to do tonight is I just want to look in the Bible. And I want to look at a biblical viewpoint of responsibility. I want to look at responsibility from a biblical viewpoint. So I want to go to our next slide. I want to look at two categories regarding responsibility. I want to look at owning our responsibilities and taking responsibility for our actions. So first of all, let's talk about owning our responsibilities. And here's where I want to begin with this. We were created for freedom. How many of you know we were created for freedom? We were created for freedom. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 says, this is the Lord speaking to Adam and Eve in the garden. It says, and God blessed them and said, replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, God told Adam and Eve to take dominion over the earth. Do you know what God just said to them? When you really look at this, do you know what God just said to them? Here's what God just said to them. He says, nothing in the entire earth has power to take dominion over you. That's what he's telling them. 
When he says, take authority over the earth, subdue the earth, what he's saying is, there's absolutely nothing in the earth that has the power to take dominion over you. You were created to be free in every area of your life. When God says, take dominion over the earth, what he's saying is there's that, that breath of God that I breathe into you. There's nothing stronger than that breath of God. There's nothing that has more authority than that breath of God. You were created to walk in freedom in every area of your life. That's what the Lord is saying. The Lord is saying you were created to enjoy your relationship with God and his blessing in your life. And nothing has the power to hinder this great freedom. You were created to be free. And I really love that point. You know, when the Lord says, take dominion over the earth, he was saying, you are created in the image of God and there's absolutely nothing in the entire earth that can take dominion over you. There's nothing in the entire earth that can take dominion over the image of God. You were created to be absolutely free in every area of your life. And of course, we have to ask a question, you know, what did this blessing of freedom hinge upon? Well, what did this blessing of freedom hinge upon? It hinged upon one word. And that was the word, and that is the word, submission. That's what it hinges upon. You see, when the Lord put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden, he didn't put that tree there to set up Adam and Eve for temptation. That was not why he put that tree there. The reason why he put that tree there, it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and gave the command, do not touch this tree, is because he was wanting to establish a truth from the very beginning of time. And that truth that he was establishing is simply this. Freedom and power and authority come by living in submission to my word. That was his point. When he put that tree there and he gave a commandment, do not touch this tree. He wasn't trying to set them up for temptation. He was simply establishing a truth in their hearts. Listen, your liberty, your power, your authority, your freedom, it all hinges on this one thing. Your obedience to the word of God. That's why he put that tree in the garden. And here's what we have to understand. Adam and Eve's power, authority, freedom, and liberty was found in their submission to God and his word. When they lived in submission to God, they were the most powerful, living, free things in all the earth, captivated by nothing. When they walked in submission to the word of God, their lives were filled with power and authority and freedom. And beloved, I want to tell you something. The world is deceived. The world says that rebellion is freedom and submission is bondage. But being Christians, we've clearly had the blinders taken out of our, off of our eyes. We know where rebellion will lead you. And as Christians, there's a truth that lives in our heart. And that truth is simply this. No, you got it wrong. You are deceived. Rebellion is bondage. And submission to God, submission to his word is freedom. Beloved, I want to tell you something. The most free, liberated, authoritative, empowered people in the earth is that people who walk in submission to the word of God. Amen. And here's what we need to understand. You know, after God told them to subdue the earth, then what did he say to them? Well, look with me at Genesis chapter 2. Verse 16. And the Lord commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. So stop there. So chapter 2 verse 16 says, and the Lord commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. Beloved, this is the very first time the word command is mentioned in the Bible. The very first time this word command is used. So we can ask this question, well, what was God's first command he gave mankind? Well, here's his very first command he gave mankind. Do you see this great big garden? 
you are free to eat of every tree in my garden. That was his very first command. Do you see this huge garden with all of its trees and all of its fruit? You are free to partake of the fullness of my garden. That was his first command. His first command was a word of incredible freedom. Beloved, there are over 7,500 different fruit trees in the world. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was at least one tree of every kind of that fruit in the garden. So we're talking about a huge garden. So I believe when the Lord told Adam, every tree of the garden you may freely eat, he must have gaped in amazement. Wow. Look at all these trees. Look at all this fruit. All these trees, all this fruit, it's, it's mine to free, freely partake of. And the Lord says, every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Beloved, I want us to understand, Adam was created for tremendous freedom and blessing. And we need to understand, as new covenant people, we were created for tremendous freedom and blessing. Let me ask a question. In the new covenant, what is freedom? In the new covenant, what is freedom? Well, there's actually a lot of different definitions that we can give, a lot of things that we can talk about. They would all be right. But for me, freedom is a transformed life. That's freedom. Freedom is a life that is gloriously being transformed. Listen, it's absolutely impossible to become more and more like Jesus and not increase in your freedom. Amen. You got to go back to the very beginning. God created man in his own image. He created man in his own image. And we have to understand before Adam fell in the garden, he was completely free in every area of his life. Why? Because he was created in the image of God. That's freedom. And so in this new covenant, Paul tells us in Romans 8, 28, he says, all things are working together for your good because you love God and you're called according to his purpose. So he says all things. So what are all things? All things is good things, bad things, easy things, hard things, things we understand, things we don't understand. You know, that entails all things. And you got to ask the question, well, what is all things? What is that good thing that all things is supposed to be doing in our life? And he actually answers that in verse 29. It goes on to say, for whom God did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of Christ, beloved. So all things, God is using all things to transform us into the image of Christ, uh, cultivate his nature within us. And my point is, listen, the more we become like Christ, the more freedom reigns in our life. Listen, it's impossible to become more like Christ without growing in glorious freedom. Freedom is a transformed life. Let me tell you something. All things are working the image of Christ. There's nothing in your life that is being wasted. Everything that's going on your life, in your life, somehow God is using it to cultivate you into the image of Christ. And what's happening is in all things, the more you become more like Jesus, the more freedom increases in your life, grows in your life, reigns in your life because we were created to be free. Amen. But yet we cannot miss what God, what God joined to freedom. We cannot miss what God connected to freedom. This is going to be point number two. 
Point number two is God connected freedom with responsibility. Look at chapter two, verse 15. It says, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So what did the Lord just do? Here's what he just did. He blessed Adam with freedom, every tree of the garden you may eat, and then he blessed him with responsibility. Capture that. God gave him a garden, and then God says, now you are responsible for taking care of the garden. Do you see how we're joining freedom and responsibility together? So here's what we need to understand. This is what God is teaching us. He's teaching us something. And here's what he's teaching us. Slide five. Responsibility brings great freedom and blessing into our lives. God joined freedom with responsibility. And responsibility brings great freedom and blessing into our lives. Listen, can I tell you something that may surprise you? The way God designed us, we are most happiest when we're fulfilling our responsibilities. We are most satisfied when we are fulfilling our responsibilities. We are most fulfilled when we are fulfilling our responsibilities. Listen, as a husband, you are most happy and fulfilled when you are handling your responsibilities. As a parent, you are most happy and fulfilled when you are fulfilling your responsibilities. As an employer on the workplace, you are most happy and fulfilled when you are handling your responsibilities. And let me just say right off, I'm not talking about perfection. You know, I'm not talking about feeling like a failure because we don't do it perfectly. Amen. I mean, no, we don't do it perfectly. But if we did it perfect, then we wouldn't need grace. We did it perfect, then we wouldn't need God. So I'm not talking about doing things perfectly. What I'm simply talking about is when we rely on the Lord and take ownership of our responsibilities, that is when we are the most satisfied and that is when we are the most fulfilled because we are walking in that transformed life. Amen. Capture it. Listen, you can't reach your fullest potential in Christ if we're not owning our responsibilities. You see it so clearly in the garden. God says, I'm going to give you a garden, then I'm going to give you responsibility. And when you embrace the garden and your responsibilities, you're going to continue to move forward in freedom. You're going to continue to grow in freedom. You're going to continue to experience freedom. You're going to continue to enjoy freedom. But listen, you can't divorce freedom from responsibility. Amen. Listen, at Summit International School of Ministry, where I teach, we give the students amazing things. We give them great teachers who teach the word of God. Great teachers. Teachers that have been broken. Teachers that love God. Teachers when they open the word of God. There's such life in the word of God. We give them great chapel services. I'm telling you when we have chapel services our pastors have been there. I'm telling you the glory of the Lord comes. We give them great. Man we've given them great classes. We've given them great chapels. But we've also given them something else. We've given them responsibilities. They not only have great classrooms, but they have great toilets they need to clean. <laughs> they not only have great chapels, but they have great stoves they need to clean. Why? 
Because you can't divorce freedom from responsibility. It's responsibility. We all, the responsibilities just come to you in life. But the Lord says, you know what? Responsibility is actually a gift to you. It's a gift. Because when you own your responsibilities, when you own your responsibilities, you're going to enjoy freedom. You're going to be, uh, experience a greater increase of freedom. You're going to continue to move forward in freedom as you embrace your responsibilities. Listen, responsibility has everything to do with a transformed life. God uses our responsibilities in life to transform us. Amen. Beloved, understand the devil has done a great job in deceiving people. To tie yourself down with responsibility is to lose your freedom. When the opposite is true. Owning your responsibilities opens your life to great freedom and blessing and transformation. And causes you to move forward in all that God has for you. Freedom, blessing and responsibility go hand in hand. You cannot have one without the other. Amen. You can't have one without the other. Beloved, understand freedom that is not connected with responsibility only leads to disaster. Freedom that's not joined by responsibility only leads to disaster. You know, I want to use our teenage generation again. May I do that? You know, tragically, many teenagers have this mindset. When I'm 18, I don't have to live under my parents' authority. I will finally be able to move out and be free to enjoy my life. So many teenagers, that's their idea of freedom. When I turn 18 and I'm an adult, I don't have to live under mom and daddy's authority anymore. And I can go out and do whatever I want. Their, Their definition of freedom is simply this. Now I can do what I want in life. And sadly, many adults have that definition of freedom. Freedom is I can do whatever I want in life. But I'm telling you, how many teenagers have found out if I go out and do what I want in life, but don't embrace my responsibilities, what a mess I have made out of my life. (laughs) Teenagers need to understand Instant adulthood means instant responsibilities. And if your whole idea of freedom is I'm finally able to do what I want to do in life, I can make the choice to go to church. I can make the choice not to go to church. I can make the choice to do this. I can make the choice not to do it. If that's your whole idea of freedom and you don't understand the importance of embracing responsibility, all you're going to do is make a mess out of your life. And the good news is God gave you a mom and dad because they're the ones who's probably going to come and bail you out of your mess. (laughs) He's preaching good tonight. I just want to say it again. You can't move forward in freedom and enjoy freedom and experience freedom without owning your responsibilities. That's the way God designed it. We teach a lot about freedom. I think one of the ingredients we need to add is the importance of responsibility. Because that's how you grow in freedom. That's how you move forward in freedom. Amen. Now, last thing I want to talk about is the other side of responsibility. And that's taking responsibility for our actions. You know, there are times we're all going to sin. 
There are going to be times we're all going to fail. There's going to be times that we're all going to mess up. And we just need to be a people who take responsibility for our actions. Amen. You know, when we are people who take responsibility for our actions, it produces health. It produces healing. It may not always be all my fault, but when I take responsibility for what is my fault, God can miraculously restore. God can heal. But on the other hand, slide eight, when we are people who do not take responsibility for our actions, irresponsibility only breeds conflict. Capture that. The only thing irresponsibility can produce is conflict and many times destructive content, conflict. And Adam and Eve is our example. Let's go back to our story. Here's the background. Uh, God gives them a command, do not touch this tree. They disobey God. That's a whole other message. They eat from that one tree God said not to eat. And the end result is they see their sinfulness and they hide. So pick up the story from there. Look with me at Genesis chapter 3. Beginning verse 8 through 11. They're hiding from the Lord. And it says, verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Now, capture what God says next. And he said, who told you that you was naked? Have you eaten of the tree whereof I commanded you that you should not eat? Beloved, do you know what God is doing here? He is holding them responsible. He is holding them accountable. God knows that he gave them a command and they were responsible for, for walking in that command. They were responsible for obeying that command. God is holding him accountable. And what I simply want to say is this. Thank God he holds us accountable. Because that is where healing begins. That is where deliverance begins. That is where restoration begins. I just thank God that he holds us accountable. Listen, he holds us accountable for one reason. He wants to restore us. He wants to heal us. He wants to bless us. Thank God he holds us accountable. Thank God when his Holy Spirit convicts us and when we shrug off the conviction, thank God he has leadership that will bring us in, sit us down and say, we need to hold you responsible. Of course, in love. Speak the truth in love, right? So God's holding him accountable, but look at what Adam does. Adam wants to blame someone else. Look with me at chapter 3, verse 12. And the man said, the woman that you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. You know what? Adam just told God, Adam just told God, it's your fault, God. You gave her to me. You gave her to me. Listen, before you gave her to me, I was just doing fine. I was in the garden. It was just me and the animals. Yeah, I, 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 I was a little lonely, but I was doing just fine. And then you came up with this big idea that I needed a wife. You came up with the idea. And you gave her to me. And look at this big mess she made. That's basically what he's saying. 
And the problem is Adam didn't want to take responsibility for his actions. And isn't this why there's so much conflict in our marriages? Isn't this why there's so much strife and conflict in relationships with our children and our spouses? Isn't this why there's so much conflict in our ministries and our jobs? We are so quick to blame others for our actions. And the only thing it brings is conflict. That's all it brings. And look at what Eve did. Look at verse 13. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this you've done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I did eat. You know what Eve just said? It's the snake's fault. Shame on the snake. Bad snake. Bad snake. Shame on the snake. That dirty rotten snake. Bad snake. She wants to blame the snake. Two extremities. Adam wants to blame God. She wants to blame the devil. The snake. And beloved, isn't this fallen nature? We either want to blame God, blame the devil, or blame one another. And here's the tragedy. When we fail to take responsibility for our actions, it only breeds conflict. And if that conflict is not resolved, it destroys relationships. How many marriages have reached the point of destruction? How many relationships have reached the point of destruction because we refuse to stop blaming others and take responsibility for our actions? Beloved, here's what I want to end with. As I already said, thank God he holds us accountable for our sin. Thank God he holds us accountable for the times we fail and the times we mess up because this is where our healing and our restoration begins. He holds us accountable for one reason. He wants to heal us. He wants to deliver us. He wants to restore us. He wants to bless us. When we are people who take responsibility for our actions, it produces wholeness. It produces healing. It produces restoration. That's what it produces. Sir, your marriage is not beyond restoration. Ma'am, your relationship with your children is not beyond restoration. Sir and ma'am, your ministry is not beyond restoration. If you will just humble yourself, stop blaming others, start taking responsibility for your actions, seek forgiveness from God and from the people you have hurt, God can do miracles. Yes, it may take time, but God can work miraculously through a humble, broken, and contrite spirit. Amen. Stand with me this evening, please. I want to give an altar call. You know, we looked at two places of responsibility. We looked at owning our responsibilities, just those responsibilities in life that are handed to us ultimately from the Lord. And number two, we looked at taking responsibility for our actions. And so my altar call is going to be twofold. My altar call is simply going to be this. You know, Pastor Tim, I have been shirking some responsibilities. 
There are some responsibilities in life that I have not been owning. For whatever reason, I've not been owning them. But I've learned tonight that responsibility is actually God's, one of God's key ingredients for freedom. It's one of God's free ingredients for a transformed life. You know, owning my responsibilities doesn't stop me from doing the things in life I want to do. It actually brings freedom and keeps me moving in freedom and experiencing freedom and growing in freedom. And I just know there are some responsibilities I need to start taking ownership of. And by the grace of God, I'm going to take ownership. And another part of the altar call is there are some places where I need to take responsibility for my actions. Maybe you don't fit into the first category. But maybe you're beginning to sense, you know, I have been blaming other people. I have been shirking responsibility by not taking action, not taking responsibility for my actions. And there are just some actions that I need to take responsibility for. You know, I've been blaming my wife. I've been blaming my husband. I've been blaming my boss at work. I've been blaming my children. But deep in my heart, I know I may not be at all the fault, but I am partly at fault. And I really need to take responsibility for my actions. The places where it is my fault, I'm not going to blame somebody else. I'm going to own them. And I'm going to ask God to forgive me. I'm going to ask the people that are hurt to forgive me. And I'm going to let God restore that which he needs to restore. I'm just praying tonight, Lord. People have heard your word and there's power in your word. And I believe there are people here in this altar is going to take ownership For their responsibilities, God. God, I, I pray that as men and women humble themselves to take responsibility for their actions, no more blaming others, nowhere looking for somewhere else to lay the fault, beginning to take responsibility for their actions. God, I pray that you would come and you would. Begin to miraculously heal marriages. Miraculously heal relationships with sons and daughters. Lord, things that looked like it was too far gone, too much in the grips of destruction. God, I pray that your miracle hand would begin to work now. God, you said before honor comes humility in your word. And God, I, I pray that as men and women begin to humble themselves and take responsibility for the things that were my fault. And we begin to seek God, forgiveness with God, but not just with God, but with our spouses and our children. Oh God, I pray that you would begin to restore marriages. God, I pray that you would begin to remove the enemy. God, I pray that you would begin to remove strife and discord and conflict God and I pray that a, a sweet anointing a beautiful presence of God would come and begin to heal everything that's there God marriages are not too far gone relationships are not too far gone God you're just looking for a humble heart and God where you find a humble heart God 
there is no limitation to what your power can do. And God, I, I pray for those, Lord, that have been shirking their responsibilities. The responsibilities you have handed them, the responsibilities that life has handed them. And they've been shirking their responsibilities because responsibilities would just stop me from doing the things that I want to do in life. God, I, I, I pray for this people that says, you know what, I'm going to take ownership of my responsibilities. And God, I pray, Lord, as they take ownership of the responsibilities, Lord, they would begin to know what freedom is. You can't divorce freedom from responsibility. And when they begin to own their responsibilities, God, they would truly begin to learn what freedom is. They'd begin to experience the joy of freedom, the power of freedom, what it means to move continually in freedom, God. And I thank you. God, I thank you that you broke the blinds, Lord. The devil has deceived so many people responsibility only stops you from doing the things that you want to do in life. No, 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 no. Rebellion is bondage and submission is freedom. Oh God, I thank you that you didn't leave this generation to be victim of the enemy's lies. Truth has come tonight. And I believe there will be marriages restored and relationships healed because you have not left us a victim to the darkness, but you have enlightened us with the light of truth. And God, I thank you. I thank you. You said we're mercy and truth. Iniquity is purged. You said that in your word. And God, where you were given us the ingredients to transform life. Mercy and truth is the ingredients of a transformed life. God, you have brought truth tonight in mercy. Now there's no limit to what you can do when it's embraced with a humble heart. Thank you, God. Amen.